Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. This is now the 56th episode of the Cozy Show podcast, coming to you live. I am now on the air. Okay, so, wow, where do I start? Where do I begin? Plenty, and I mean plenty of stuff to talk about, plenty to get into, plenty to discuss, and I'm not going to make you wait at all. Not going to waste any time, so let's get right into it. So, without any further ado, let's do this. Here we go. Okay, so the NFL is appealing Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension. The NFL seeks an indefinite suspension, or in this case, minimum of one year and fine to go along with it. But, um, as reported on, I believe, the previous episode of the podcast, well, let me just go by some contract details. His base salary right now would be one point, excuse me, um, 1.4 million. The cap hit would be 10 million. Um, 2020, so that's for 2022, that's for this year. Um, the base salary will be 1.4 million in 2022. A cap hit will be. 10 million. So again, base salary is going to be 1.04 million for 2022. The cap hit will be 10 million. Um, His base salary will be 46 million dollars for 2023. And his cap hit will be for 55 million dollars. Same thing the following year. $46 $46 million base salary in 2024. Um, it'll also have a $55 million cap hit for that year. And 2025, well, same story. Same, uh, you know, clauses. Uh, $46 million base salary, $55 million cap hit. And, of course... The, the year after that, the next year, 2026, same thing, same story, same scenario. $46 million base salary, $55 million cap hit. So the Browns are kind of handicapped as far as what they can and cannot do moving forward for at least the next couple of years, if not the next several years. Um... Deshaun Watson's contract, unless they get it reworked, um, and even that is going to be, you know, kind of a, you know, even that's going to be a tough discussion to have because here you have this guy in Deshaun Watson who is a premier NFL talent um, despite, you know, 
what people might or might not think of him off the field. But on the field, he is, you know, definitely a superstar at quarterback. So, again, like I said in one of the previous episodes, if not the previous episode of the podcast, it's going to be interesting to see what the NFL, a.k.a. Roger Goodell, um, and ownership decides to do. Um because they're talking about appealing Deshaun Watson's suspension. And, you know, it's no guarantee that they're going to appeal Deshaun Watson's suspension or not. And even if they do, how many games are you going to take off? One game, two games, three games, which would be half his suspension, which was originally put in place. It's going to be really interesting to, saw, to excuse me. It's going to be really interesting to see how this goes from here. So, keep your eyes and ears open for this particular saga. So, and by the way, all money is guaranteed. Um, for those of you who wanted to know. So there you go. But anyway, so let's stay in the NFL. That's the uh, current topic I uh, wanted to get into. Um, Roger Goodell, or a designee, he chooses will hear the appeal. So, that should be interesting in and itself. Um, So, we'll see what happens with that. Um... Before I get any further, let me get into a developing new, uh, excuse me, let me get into a developing news story, you know, breaking news, um, one of the headlines, if you will. Let me briefly digress and do a topic change, change the subject and, you know, uh, get away from professional sports leagues and talk about the Brittany Griner situation. Okay, so Brittany Griner, some of you well may know, has been detained in Russia since February. Um, I'm not going to get into too much detail. And quite frankly, I don't want to get into all the details. But what's being told now by what I'm seeing, reading, and hearing is that Brittany Griner is now being sentenced to nine years in Russia um, for, let's just say, off the field um, off the field activities. Let's just put it like that. Alright? I'm not going to say exactly what those are because I don't know the full story and I don't want to get into a gray area situation here. So, um, you'll have to look up exactly what's going on with uh, that particular subject online to get the full story but let's just say um, she's got some stuff going on off you know the court Um, so anyway she's been sentenced to nine years in Russia in one of Russia's prisons or in the Russian's prison system 
And so now, the talks between the U.S. and Russia, as far as a prisoner swap, or prisoners swap, plural, those talks are now beginning to ramp up. Um, now, keep in mind, Russia is not required to bring Brittany Griner back home to the United States. And so it's going to be really interesting to see if this puts pressure on Russia in a positive direction. You know, will it make her, excuse me, will it make Russia want to bring her home as soon as possible? Or will it make Russia want to keep her detained for as long as possible? Um... Again, I don't want to go into all the details because this is, um, you know, it's above my pay grade, put it that way. So I'm not going to go too further into it. Um, again, you'll have to look it up online and look up, you know, your trusted sources for, you know, the full story. But that's one of the headlines. Let's get into some more headlines before we get into topic by topic by topic in professional sports okay so um, a couple of releases have taken place in Major League Baseball um, so that should be that should be pretty uh, interesting news to talk about and so I'm very excited to get into this talk right away. So let's talk about a couple things in Major League Baseball. So, um, the biggest rivalry in the NL Central between the Cubs and the Cardinals, um, a game there is supposed to be played in London next season. Of course, it will be a two-game set from June 24th to June 25th. At London Stadium, and the last time a game was played um, in London was, of course, the biggest rivalry in all of baseball, and perhaps one of the biggest rivalries in professional sports. Period: the Yankees versus the Red Sox in 2019. So, it's going to be nice to see. Major League Baseball gets some international attention. That's going to be great for the sport, great for ratings, great for revenue, great for all involved. Okay. Let's get into some more Major League Baseball news. Um, the Phillies have decided to release D.D. Gregorius. Um, the shortstop hit. .210 with one home run to his credit, um, which is pretty low by professional baseball standards um, this season. So, for you Philly fans, this is uh, this is some news for you. Speaking of releases, the Red Sox have decided to release Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, the outfielder hit also point two ten in his second stint with the team. So 
Um, this is definitely going to, you know, kind of change the landscape, if you will, a little bit in Major League Baseball. But anyway, let's get back to what I was originally trying to talk about, and that's the NFL. So let's stay on task, let's not get sidetracked, um, let's, uh, let's stay, you know, within those parameters. Alright, so, as far as the NFL goes, um, there'll be some nice games going into the preseason, um, and I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that, but there'll be some good games in the preseason. Of course, you'll have to look it up online to see what uh, games will be available. But the uh, preseason games so far that I've seen look pretty exciting. Okay, and that brings us to the regular season. Alright, so there's quite a few games that, um, excuse me, that really have brought my attention and I think I even talked about this on my last episode of the podcast. We'll bring it up again to those of you who didn't um, get this information. So, there's games like the Cowboys versus the Buccaneers at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. So that should be a good game to watch for all involved. Um, my New England Patriots versus the Baltimore Ravens. That is a pretty intense AFC rivalry, so check your local listings for that matchup. These are two teams that, you know, let's just say they don't have each other over for coffee and donuts. <laughs> these two teams, there's no love loss between these two. So, if you're a big fan of AFC rivalries, this should be a good game for you to watch. What else do we have? Okay, so at some point we will see um, the Bengals versus the Steelers take place. That's another heated rivalry that, you know, that, that's going to possibly determine who wins the AFC North. So we'll see. Of course, you have the likes of the Ravens who are also in the mix but it's pretty much going to feature those two teams as far as who wins the AFC North at least in my eyes now keep in mind I hate the Pittsburgh Steelers with passion because I'm a Bengal I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan so naturally we wouldn't get along but you know that's just me anyway the game between the Bengals and the Steelers should take place um, pretty early into the season, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, another game I can think of, um, oh, excuse me, can think of at the top of my head. Talked about the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks and the uh, Dallas Cowboys, the Steelers, of course, versus the Bengals. Let's see, what else do we have here? Oh yeah, the Oakland Raiders will take on the Chargers 
um, the LA Chargers, that is. And I do believe that's going to be a week one matchup. Um, so we're going to have basically... Um, we're basically going to have a reverse of what happened last season. Last season, this was the last game of the regular season. This time around, it's the first game of the year. So should be interesting because I know these teams have definitely took some steps forward. Um, you know, rather it be, you know, uh, the off season and, you know, different acquisitions and stuff should be good matchup between two, um, you know, two AFC West division rivals. So we'll see what happens with, uh, that game when it comes along. And finally, if I can mention one more game, if I dare decide to do so, um, I would like to bring your attention right now to the Chiefs versus the Buccaneers. This will be a rematch of Super Bowl 55, which also took place in, of course, Tampa Bay. Um, but imagine that the Super Bowl took place in Tampa Bay and Tampa Bay was the last team standing. So you can only imagine that the Kansas City Chiefs have somewhat of a sour taste in their mouth, somewhat of a, you know, um, a vast amount of long memories and they have you know they probably feel some type of way about this matchup you know the way they got basically ran out of the stadium they lost 31 to 9 and the only reason they got nine points was due to field goals they had to settle for field goals when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got touchdown after touchdown after touchdown and Brady Tom Brady that is said it himself I think we kind of all knew this was going to happen didn't we so you can only imagine that that's going to bring even more fuel to the fire so we'll see um exactly uh takes place in this game as I do believe that at least in my eyes this is probably the most anticipated game of the season so keep your eyes and ears out for that particular matchup okay um before I get any further um tonight we will have the Jacksonville Jaguars, of all teams, <laughs> taking on those Las Vegas Raiders. Um, so, this game will take place tonight at the Pro Football Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton, uh, Ohio. So, this is going to be an exciting matchup. For two teams that are looking to find their way. So, let me give a couple of 
uh, I guess, storylines that I can give out. Doug Peterson and Josh McDaniels are in their first year with new teams. So this will be a matchup of, you know, first-year coaches, I guess you could say. And yes, by the way, that game takes place around 8 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. Um, so for those of you who are fans of the Hall of Fame game that takes place annually every year, this should be a fun, exciting matchup for you. Okay, so the Jags um, drafted Trayvon Walker first overall and spent nearly $200 million in guaranteed money on free agents. So this Jacksonville Jaguars team isn't going to look like the uh, one of the tanking bottom feeder teams that, you know, were one of the first teams out of the playoff race last year. Um, as it stands right now, this this team should win maybe I don't know instead of one or two games maybe three four maybe five we'll see and that really just depends on you know how how much uh, the number one overall pick the year before Trevor Lawrence how much has he adapted um, how much has he evolved how much more has he um, you know become accustomed to that particular um, playbook of the Jacksonville Jaguars their style of play and so on and so forth has he been able to make the adjustment from the college ranks to the NFL fast enough and if not how much longer is it going to take for him to get there so there's a lot of questions but tonight we're going to have all those answers so there we go and of course if I could have one more thing to talk about on this particular subject Devontae Adams was traded to the Las Vegas Raiders in March and signed a five-year, $140 million deal. So this, in many ways, as far as I know, will be the first game to take place this season. And speaking of, you know, uh, the quote, golden boy, uh, Trevor Lawrence, let me just give you some facts right now. Okay? He had... 17 interceptions last season, the most in the NFL, tied with Matthew Stafford with the most interceptions in the season last year. So, but here's the thing. One man had 17 interceptions, but it was his first year in the league. Another man had 17 interceptions and he won the Super Bowl. And not just won the Super Bowl, but he won the Super Bowl in his home team stadium. You know, Trevor Lawrence, 
he was just scratching the surface. So that's kind of expected. You know, when you're transferring from, you know, college football to professional football, um, generally what will happen is the rookie will usually have a rough first year. Um, so I guess you got to kind of give the quote golden boy the benefit of the doubt. And I, I, I'd like to uh, quote Peyton Manning, um, a guy that, you know, I, I really don't like because I'm a Tom Brady fan, but um, he said a quote one day, well, like this. He said, quote, you know, a rookie will, or he said something to that effect, a rookie will typically have a rough year um, just because of that transition from the college ranks to the pros. And so they'll have, you know, high interception uh, numbers. You know, they'll have high turnover rates um, and all that kind of stuff. And they'll lose more games than they'll win, typically in their first year. And that's what happened to Trevor Lawrence. He was not immune to the uh, first year, you know, rookie curse, if you will. <laughs> but anywho, um, so yes, you had Trevor Lawrence who threw 17 interceptions last season, but that's... That's not, you know, breaking news or anything. That's kind of normal um, in professional football. But Matthew Stafford, who won the Super Bowl in his home stadium with a new team, a man who didn't win any playoff games in his career up until last season, won the whole darn thing. Although he had 17 interceptions, he won the whole darn thing. And he beat the same team that won the Super Bowl on their home floor in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they won the Super Bowl in Tampa in 2021. So imagine that. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they won the Super Bowl in Tampa. So, very much so, they had home court advantage. But Matthew Stafford, to his credit, a man who, like I said, again, hadn't won a playoff game up until that point, he beat Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, the same stadium in which Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl last year. So, they beat the champ on the champs home turf <laughs> they beat the 2021 champs in 2022 and so going into the Super Bowl which would be in the Los Angeles Rams home court or home field you could only imagine that they were um, they were the favorites to win not even just you know playing in their home stadium, but playing uh, somewhat of a green, inexperienced, and, you know, still 
very much a student of the game, Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. So, uh, let's see here. Um, before I get any further, let me digress for just a moment. The uh, Phoenix Mercury have made a statement on the Brittany Griner verdict. They said the team is grateful to... Well, hold on. Let me just start from start to finish here. Okay? So this is the statement the team made. Um, I can only imagine at some point today. It says, we remain heartbroken as we have every day for nearly six months. But they would go on to say... The team is grateful to and confident in those working to return her home. Um, we will not allow her to be forgotten. We are BG, or in this case, <laughs> for those of you smart elks out there, that means Brittany Griner. So, there you go. Okay, so let's get back to the NFL. I want to talk about a couple more things related to the NFL before I get into my next professional sports league and talk about that. Okay, so, like I said, game between the Jaguars and the Raiders will kick off the NFL preseason tonight at the Hall of Fame game, 8 Eastern Time in Canton, Ohio. That is, uh, that's a game that's probably going to set the tone for how the rest of the season is going to go. So, um, I personally am going to have um, interest in this matchup. I'll be watching this matchup with interest. I'll be watching it with intrigue. I'll be watching this particular matchup um, very closely as you have two dark horse teams. Um, in the same conference, you know, basically finding their stride, finding their way, and, uh, you know, trying to be about something this season. And, of course, you have Derek Carr, who signed a three-year, $121.5 million extension with, of course, those... Las Vegas Raiders. Um, so you can only imagine that Derek Carr is going to do everything he can in his power to prove himself, you know, and to prove not just everyone else, but himself, why he should be and remain QB1 for the Las Vegas Raiders, not just for the foreseeable future, but, you know, for many years to come. So, both teams have some sort of stake uh, on the line here. Um, if I were to say which team has the most to lose, and by the way, Derek Carr signed his extension with the Raiders in April, um, for those of you who might have wanted to know. If I were to choose, like I said, or excuse me, let me answer my own question, if you will. 
if I were to choose which team has the most to lose in this situation, I mean, there really isn't anything to lose because it's the preseason. So typically, this is looked at as an exhibition game or, you know, a practice game or a scrimmage. But if I were to choose who has the most riding on this, it'd probably be the Raiders, just to see how Derek Carr um, does in this particular game and how he handles adversity and how he can put the team on his back and carry them to a victory. Um, but on the other side of the field, you also have Trevor Lawrence, who's going into his second season. You know, he's the former number one overall pick. So you can imagine there's a huge chip on his shoulder. And he wants to prove people wrong. He wants to prove the doubters, the skeptics, the cynics, and all the critics out there that it was, you know, just one tough year. But that's how the game goes. You can have one good year, one season, and, you know, basically uh, fall on your face the next season. That's, that's how this game goes. It's the NFL. You know, teams get better. Teams get more experienced. Teams make deep playoff runs. And some teams just deteriorate over, over time because it's a very uh, violent game. It's a contact sport. Um, you know, these guys aren't playing to make friends. They're playing to win football games. So naturally, there's going to be bad blood between some of these teams. Rivalries start to emerge. And, you know, enemies become bitter enemies. And they, they become arch rivals and whatever else. But let's uh, move on to a different part of the NFL, because I could go on and on about this, but I don't have the time on this podcast to do so, and I don't want to take five minutes or more just to discuss one thing as it relates to the NFL. So, here we go. Here's Lewis Riddick's picks to, let's stay, uh, excuse me, let's stay in the AFC West, if you will. Here's Lewis Riddick's picks, his, uh, his picks from start to finish on who will walk away with the AFC West title. So he has Kansas City, which is a surprise to me, at number one, Los Angeles Chargers being second. I guess I could agree with that somewhat. Uh, the Los uh, the Las Vegas Raiders being third. Uh, I guess that makes sense. Um, I mean, where else would you put them? You put them in second. Um, well, they don't have the defense like they used to in decades past. Um, and they don't even have, quite frankly, the offensive line um, needed to make more of a, you know 
running in the postseason. So I guess it's fairly normal. But I guess what surprises me more than anything else, they put the Broncos fourth. Well, excuse me, Lewis Riddick put the Broncos fourth. Let me be more specific. If it were up to me, I would flip the list totally around. I would reverse the order. I'd put Broncos first, Raiders second, Chargers third, and Kansas City fourth. And here's why I would do that, in case you were asking. So, the Broncos already had a good team. They were just a quarterback away, you know, to find their way, so to speak. And now they have that in Russell Wilson. So, I expect Russell Wilson will flourish in that new environment, that change of scenery, and the new um, landscape that he is going to be playing into and playing under. You know, learning a new playbook a new uh, system, a new style of football. So, you know, it should be uh, pretty interesting to see who wins the AFC West this year. And the Raiders and Chargers, like I said, you know, even when I reversed, excuse me, even when the order was reversed, uh, Rather, the Raiders are third or second. I mean, it's really irrelevant at this point. Both teams are more or less fairly equal in this standing. So, if you're wanting, um, if you're wanting execution, and you want, you know, an up-and-coming team on the rise, then you would pick the Chargers second, Raiders third. But if you're looking for a team that has made a postseason run and has that experience and has those qualifications to potentially even do it again, you'd go for the Raiders. So, I mean, there really is no right or wrong there. But I would put the Kansas City Chiefs fourth because... They made it all the way to the AFC Championship game last year. Only to lose to, you know, the Cinderella story, the underdog, you know, the, uh, the, uh, <clears throat> the littlest kid on the block, if you could call it, the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals who would go on to become the AFC champions and go on to play in the Super Bowl. Anyway, I'd put the Kansas City Chiefs fourth and not even to be a knock on Patrick Mahomes, but this Kansas City Chiefs team and their core, or lack thereof, um, isn't as much of a force to be reckoned with as as they've been in years past. Um, Take the last two years before last season, for example. 
they had won the AFC Championship um, going into Super Bowl 55. Um, so, but that was expected. They were the Super Bowl champs at the time. So, naturally, um, you would go with what history tells you to go with. And, of course, in Super Bowl 54, they won the AFC Championship that year as well in Super Bowl 54. So, you can only imagine going into Super Bowl 56, there goes an old saying. Uh, and I think I can quote one of the guys from the NFL um, and what he said one day. He said, you can't get the title unless you knock the champ out. And we're the champs, and they forgot it. Another quote I could use in this particular scenario is, you know, one from the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, who was once quoted as saying, and I think he still says it today, he said, in order to be the man, you must beat the man. And that's exactly what the Cincinnati Bengals did last year in the postseason. They beat three playoff teams. Imagine that. Three playoff teams in Joe Burrow's second year under center with the Cincinnati Bengals. They beat three iconic franchises in one postseason. You know, they beat the Raiders at Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati's home turf. So they had home court for that one, a home field advantage. But they had to win the next two playoff games on the road. Now, keep in mind, the Raiders, just look at their logo. It, it's, it's got a guy with two swords going through his helmet. And he's got, a, he's got an eye patch under one of his eyes. So, that's one of the more intimidating logos and teams to face. But the Cincinnati Bengals, credit to them, they knocked them off. You knocked off one iconic franchise, and so they would go to Nashville in Tennessee to take on the Titans. And, of course, the Cincinnati Bengals won with a walk-off field goal which would send them to the AFC Championship uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, in this particular matchup, up until this point, I wasn't counting the Cincinnati Bengals out. Even though they were playing in a tough place to play, probably the loudest building in all of the NFL, and a hostile environment in itself at Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City, home of the Chiefs, right? But the thing about that is um, I knew for sure that in my mind, and let me just go on the overall fate, uh, excuse me, let me talk about the overall odds to win the division of Accorded to, excuse me, let me talk about the overall odds to win the division in the AFC West according to Caesar's Sportsbook. 
We have the Kansas City Chiefs at plus 175, Los Angeles Chargers plus 220, the Denver Broncos plus 275, and the Las Vegas Raiders at plus 600. So Kansas City, I guess, between Lewis Riddick and Caesar Sportsbook stays at its spot. Um, the Los Angeles Chargers stay where they are. Um, the Denver Broncos were last on Lewis Riddick's list, so that would be um, an alternate take. Um, and the Las Vegas Raiders were third on Lewis Riddick's list, so a little bit of some one-upsmanship there. And keep in mind, the Las Vegas Raiders haven't won the division title since 2002. Um in which they would go on to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl that year. Anyway, um, that's pretty much all I have as far as what to talk about with the NFL. Uh, let's get into some Major League Baseball news. Let's do that right now. So let me digress, if you will, and go from one particular sports league to another. Um, let's do a topic change, change the subject, and, you know, transition from one professional sports league to another. Um, let's go talk about Major League Baseball. Um, let's not to talk too much about it, because I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the NBA, too before this episode of the podcast ends. So let's get right into it. Let's not waste any time. Let's just head straight in, head first, and dive right into this topic. See what I did there? <laughs> I have to be, uh, you know, that kind of guy. I like to play with my words. <laughs> But that's what I like to do on this podcast. If you're not having fun, then what are you doing? <laughs> anyway, in all seriousness, we have a battle in the NL Central going on right now. A matchup between, of course, the Cardinals and the Cubs, the same teams that faced each other last night in a game the Cardinals won 4-3. to And, you know, or they may have had that game tonight or today. All I know is it's the first game of a doubleheader, so this game either took place yesterday or it just got done today, one of the two. Um, but they're also facing off in another match, and that is, of course, the... You know, second game of the doubleheader, but that won't take place until 7.45 Eastern Time when the Cubs go into hostile territory, a hostile environment, enemy turf, enemy territory, when they face on their arch nemesis, the St. Louis Cardinals in Bush Stadium, or whatever you call it over there in St. Louis. Speaking of rivalries, the Dodgers and the Giants are underway right now with the Dodgers up 5-2, and it's the top of the eighth. 
So if you like great, um, you know, rivalries within Major League Baseball, definitely look into that matchup. Um, is there anything else I can throw at you as far as sports facts, sports news, um, and sports rumors in Indiana I can throw out? Um, as far as, you know, sports rumors and innuendo and facts and storylines and narratives, here's, here's something I can tell you. The Athletics and the Angels are at the bottom of the six right now with the Athletics up eight to four. So for those of you who are fans of, you know, that particular uh, area, California and their in-state teams uh, definitely check that game out the Rockies and the Padres are also underway that's at the top of the six with the Rockies currently up six to nothing six to nil six to zero on uh, the Padres um, the same Padres team that acquired Juan Soto around the trade deadline so you can imagine that this makes you know the Padres at least a little bit better I'm not gonna say you know that they've taken a giant leap forward to compete with the Dodgers um, their division foe but you know it's gonna be you know one of the steps towards getting there anyway that is a game that will be taking place. Well, no, that game's already in place, taking place right now. The Nationals and the Phillies. Um, no love lost there. That game will take place 7.05 Eastern Time. We'll see uh, Noah Syndergaard at the mound pitching, you would assume. He's got currently a three-point... 8-3 ERA, which is, I guess, maybe a little bit around the average, you know, rate for a pitcher, so, but that's probably going to get better as the season goes along and he gets familiar with his new team. The Rays will take on the Tigers tonight around 7, 10 Eastern time, so that won't be too long from now. Um... And I'll talk about a couple more things about the Major League Baseball organization before I talk about the NBA. So let's do that. The Astros and the Guardians will take place around 7, 10 Eastern time tonight as well. Check your local listings. If you're a fan of either team, you'll see the likes of Justin Verlander on the mound and should be a good matchup. Okay, the captain, episodes 5th. Yeah, episodes five and six. Derek Jeter, the captain, the documentary. That airs uh, tonight at nine, episodes five and six tonight. So if you're a fan of this series, definitely check your local listings in your area. And, you know, DVR it for uh, your personal... Uh, your personal time so you can view this 
those episodes of the series. Okay. Braves and the Mets will also take place tonight around 7, 10 Eastern Time. That's going to be a pretty good matchup. Two National League East rivals. So that should be a fun matchup to watch for all involved. Blue Jays versus the Twins. That'll take place... Let's see if I'm reading this correctly. But yes, the Braves versus the Mets. That'll be a little after 7 tonight. Um, it's going to be nice to see the World Series champs go into hostile territory when they take on division rival the New York Mets in Queens. So... And like I said, Blue Jays versus the Twins will take place a little over 7.40 Eastern Time. So check your local listings if you're a fan of either of those teams. Alright, so I'm coming to about the final two minutes before the final five minutes of the podcast comes to a close. So I'm about to talk about the NBA. But before I do that, let me uh, finish... Um, what I started, if you will, um, in my talks about the NBA. And let's start with, uh, what was it? Let me talk about the last few games that'll be taking place um, for today and tonight. Um, Of course, I mentioned the Blue Jays and the Twins will take place. Um... So that'll be fun to watch. Um, And there'll be a couple more games to end the night. And that's quite the slate of games already. The White Sox and the Rangers will take place a little after 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And so, you know, if you're a fan of Major League Baseball and you like to see late night games, check this game out. Um, this game might surprise you. So there you go. The Red Sox versus the Royals will take place around 8.10 Eastern Time. Um, so that's going to be one of the late games. So if you're someone who likes to go to bed late and you want to watch a good uh, game between two teams that are looking to find their way, definitely check that game out. Okay. So I'm approaching the final five minutes of episode 56 of this podcast. So I'm going to talk about the NBA and whatever else I can talk about as it relates to sports news, innu- uh, uh, yeah, sports news, innuendo, and rumors, and etc., etc. So let's start with some NBA news. Of course, the Los Angeles Lakers are one of the elephants in the room, if not the elephant in the room. LeBron James is entering his, what is it, 22nd season? No, I'm confusing him for somebody else. No, that's Tom Brady. Uh, LeBron James will be entering around his 20th season because he he was drafted to the league around 2003. No, he was drafted in 2003. So this will be his 19th or 20th season. 
congratulations, LeBron, you know, on a great career so far. And by no means at all is this a farewell speech. But I just wanted to give credit where credit's due, even though LeBron plays for the Los Angeles Lakers, um, a team that is having a budding rivalry with my Golden State Warriors right now. Um, but I got to give credit where credit's due. Thank you, LeBron, for um, bringing the NBA championship to your hometown of Akron and Cleveland. Akron slash Cleveland. Um, you know, delivering those two titles to Miami and South Beach. And, of course, delivering another title for the third franchise you've played for. In, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, and as LeBron has reported um, on several occasions, or as several people have reported on his behalf, mind you, he has mentioned he wanted to play until his son comes into the league. So that means he'll be playing till he's 30, what, he's 36? 37 right now, so that means he'll be like 39 or 40. Imagine that. That's, that's, uh, you know, dinosaur years when it comes to the NBA in many people's eyes. And that sport, that's ancient dinosaur. That's what that is. <laughs> but anywho, he plans to play in the league until his son can get there. And he has not ruled out a return to the Cleveland Cavaliers. A move I do not think he'll make um, just due to the makeup of that team and his relationship with owner Dan Gilbert. I can only imagine there's still some hard feelings, still some uh, tension, some resentment there. So I don't think it's going to be you know, all this unicorns and rainbows and roses and rose petals if he decides to go back. But if he does, it would make sense in this case because his son LeBron James Jr. or Bronny James Jr. Uh, plays in the state of Ohio or he has Ohio connections, so that would make sense. Okay, so let me talk about the last couple things as I'm approaching the final minute of episode 56 of the Cozy Show podcast. So I've been watching AEW, professional wrestling. I've been watching WWE, professional wrestling, right? And I've been watching AEW um, kind of on and off for the past... Let's say, I don't know, three, four months. Um, you could technically say six months if you wanted to do the exact math on it. But um, I absolutely love what AEW is doing with their storylines and their, their narratives, their concepts, and how it's TV 14 and they allow their professional athletes to have more creative freedom the wwe doesn't have much of that but they're supposed to be tv 14 going into the near future 
that's all the time I have for today. Thank you, ladies and gents, and I'll try to get back at it tomorrow. Thank you. Bye.